Davion Warren came to Texas Tech and was asked to go from big scorer to accessory piece. How did he handle the transition? We'll discuss it coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. Our Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Be sure that you subscribe to our channel if you have not already. It helps us out a lot and will help us just continue to put out more good content for you. Today, the good content we've got on deck is talk about Davion Warren. It's time for his player performance review one year at Texas Tech was quite the story. Um, transferred in after I think he was like one of the top scorers in Division One basketball last year. He was twentieth in points scored, um, and then thirteenth in points per game at Hampton in twenty twenty one. So big, big year. You knew it wasn't going to be the same coming into Texas Tech, and over the course of the off season, he was a very polarizing figure for Texas Tech in just terms of how the discourse was going about how the roster would play out. A lot of people looked at the turnovers, said, that's not going to happen. Looked at the three-point percentage, said, that's not going to float. Looked at the scoring and said, that's going to decrease. And I think that there were a lot of questions about how he could make himself a viable rotation piece. But now we know he did that, and he did that pretty comfortably. Yeah, I mean you look at all of those things and none of them were necessarily wrong per se. I mean, the shooting didn't really improve that much. He was still 20 or 30% three point shooter over the course of the season, pretty much the same as he was in Hampton. Uh, His assist to turnover was still not particularly great attack. Obviously the scoring did take a dip, but that ignores maybe like one major thing. And that was regardless of what he did on the offensive end defensively, he was a beast. And maybe that's something people were overlooking at Hampton. Certainly, I saw the on-ball defense there was really good at times, but he was kind of prone to lapses as an off-ball defender. But just in general, this season on the defensive end is really where he was able to craft a role. And certainly, the offensive initiator thing was something that he did really well and allowed him to kind of have a role. He was good finishing at the rim and sort of creating for himself in the mid-range. But it was his defensive ability that gave him the opportunity to continue getting significant minutes and really caught a lot of people by surprise, I think. And I'm not sure if it was warranted that it was by surprise per se, but certainly something that ended up being a really big asset for Tech this year. Yeah, and I think like we, I remember our discourse in the off season and just the way that we were talking about Davion Warren and uh, you and I both know that as usage decreases, some of these efficiency numbers will get better. And some of the rate stats and the counting stats like points per game will decrease. And so, I mean, you look at Davion Warren's numbers compared to Hampton and to Texas Tech, and it looks like he's just a completely different player. I mean, 21.2 points per game his last year at Hampton down to 9.4 at Texas Tech. But like, it's not just all negatives. Like I, I use that phrase. It looked like he was a completely different player. 
And he was like he was asked to completely rewrite his game and become somebody that required a lot of change for him. His usage percentage decreased almost 10 percent or it did over 10 percent from Hampton, Texas Tech. That is a dramatic drop. And I think he still found ways to be a really, really effective player on offense. He was streaky. There's no doubt about that. But you look at his game and. I mean, he finished with 19 games in double figures. Mac McClung had 21. Jamias Ramsey had 21. Um, Kyler Edwards had 17 in 2019-20. I mean, we're talking about a guy that put the ball in the basket at a pretty interesting rate. And although it was not as consistent as maybe you would have liked to hope and maybe he didn't retain some of that offensive juice that he had at Hampton, he found ways to contribute. And Emory, I love that you talk about the defense because my goodness, was Davion Warren an absolute force on the defensive end this year? Uh, steal percentage increased, but even then, I don't think really any numbers will do justice as to just how effective he was. Gotta watch the film to see how disruptive he was for opposing offenses and specifically opposing offensive ball handlers. His hands might be some of the best hands that we've seen at Texas Tech in quite a while, man. I mean, his ability to to get at the ball was really, really impressive. Yeah, and when it comes to being an active ball or point of attack defender and sort of taking on the ball, I don't think there was anyone on the roster better than Davion Warren. And by association, I think you can make a strong argument that he was one of the best on-ball defenders that you would find in the conference and maybe the country. And I don't like you said, I don't think the steal rate necessarily does that justice just because a like a lot of his activity was deflections and just pestering defenders. And it didn't really result in a lot of steals. He wasn't someone that got a whole lot of the passing lane based steals. A lot of his were just purely off of taking the ball away from the ball handler. And so, I mean, I look at it like Davion Warren's on ball activity defensively was incredible. I mean, you mentioned the active hands. I also think as well as that just his anticipation anticipation skills and his ability to be really quick to react to something that allowed him to be super impressive. Like he was, he was really good at anticipating direction change. He was almost always in front. He never really, he didn't really get beat a lot as well. And so not only was he good from an activity standpoint, he was also good positionally. And when you have that sort of mixture as an on-ball defender, it's hard to really justify not having him as a really good defender. And certainly the stats bore that out and the way that he was used in lineups, his ability to be sort of a primary defender and take on difficult assignments says that as well. And so defensively, just his disruption ability was good, but you mentioned as well as offensive ability. I think that it's worth noting, even with the drastic decrease in points per game and production that came with a decreased usage rate. And I mean, in general, I do think he struggled a little bit more to get sort of acclimated to the big 12 level of competition. Certainly you look at his stats against top 100 opponents and they weren't great. I mean, a sub 50 true shooting percentage wasn't optimal, but still he found roles. He found ways to contribute. There were games where he was able to really sort of have stretch, stretches where he took over. And I mean, we'll get into individual ones later, but obviously like he wasn't a complete like non-factor offensively. He still put up almost double figures on average. And for him to do that and just completely accept a complimentary role, I feel like, speaks the volume speaks volumes about the level of player he is and just how adaptable he was. If there's one thing that you could go back in the off season and guarantee would have been better um, in Davion Warren's game, what would it be? 
shooting. I think if he's if he was a better shooter and more like a 36, 37%, if he could have matched the stats from his first year at Hampton from a three-point line or at least been a 34% three-point shooter, I think that opens up a fair bit of his offense and allows him to be more of that complimentary piece because as good as he was as a finisher at the rim and as good as he could be as a driver, I feel like him being able to space the floor better and be more of a reliable catch-and-shoot option would have opened up the offense more and kind of allowed him to play his role a little bit better on the offensive side of things. Yeah, I mean, shooting's the easy one with this team, right? I mean, with how much of a liability that was for uh, the 21-22 Red Raiders. Um, specifically with Davion Warren, it just felt like he could have been such a more consistent uh, offensive weapon had the three-point shot been more reliable. But um, for the odds of just uh, change and being different, I'll go with, like, almost usage. Like, I wish that he could have, like, turned it loose a couple of more times this season. I think that he um, ran into ruts and, and skids where he wasn't really himself offensively. And I think that at times he was just really limited in the freedom that he was given on the offensive end. And I think that just really struggled uh, or really slowed down the process of him finding his groove once again. Um, but then again, like you look at the numbers at Hampton and the efficiency when he's taken a ton of shots and it's reasonable as to why he wasn't given more free reign on the offensive end when he was struggling. But I think that there were a few guys with the pure off the dribble jump shot ability that Davion Warren had on last year's team. Um, it's just, you know, we didn't really see it at the efficient clip that we would have liked to. Let's take some time to look at some individual games and stretches of Davion Warren's only season at Texas Tech. But first, a quick word from Bill Barr. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not a resolution because I actually enjoy eating Bilt Bar products. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low in calorie, high in protein. Replace your candy bars with these, they are better. Go to Bilt.com and scroll down the macros chart, you'll be blown away. They're high in protein, low in calorie, high in fiber, Low in carb, go to built.com today to get your hands on some of your own. Big announcement starting Thursday, April 28th. Tune into the Locked On NFL Drafts live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Audacity and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft special hosted. By Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. Davion Warren, a big year at Texas Tech. Obviously had some dips in the numbers compared to where he was at at Hampton, but that can be expected when you just decrease your usage so much. Emery, uh, the Davion Warren hype after the first five games of the season, there's a lot of like storylines that I feel like are already forgotten um, just with how insane college basketball is and the rate at which things change. But man, I was talking about this dude like he was going to be an All-American after the first five games of his season. I mean, he absolutely torched the cupcake section of Texas Tech's schedule. You look at those first five games of his season, 
14.2 points per game, 3.4 boards, two assists, two steals, uh, 71% from two-point range, 42% from three-point range, and 93% from the free-throw line. He was scorched earth, man, and it just feels like that was such an exciting time to be watching the Red Raiders because it really showed that his ceiling was pretty high when he was on offensively. Yeah, he looked like a guy that uh, torched low major competition for a living in 2021. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, I wouldn't say it was unexpected per se, but man, to have that level of, of efficiency from him, I mean, you thought he could take on the lead role and be someone to be an efficient ball handler. I mean, Anytime someone's shooting over 70% from two-point range and looking incredibly efficient like he did in those opening games, I mean, it looked really impressive. And obviously, I mean, that was one of the things that kind of translated from Hampton was just his pure efficiency inside the arc and his ability to be a volume scorer that was somehow still efficient in terms of getting quality looks in the paint and being able to contort himself to get good open looks. And that's something that I mean, after those first five games, you looked on the offensive side of things, and certainly, I mean, it was obvious the usage wasn't going to be there compared to the year before. But still, I mean, he looked like one of your best players. And I think that the offensive side of things, certainly, in hindsight, it was kind of based off of some maybe unsustainable shooting form. Certainly, the three-point attempts weren't really there the first few games. He just happened to hit them at a pretty decent clip. Obviously, the Prairie View game sticks out as one where he hit three threes in that one. But outside of that, it was more or less just him only taking two or three a game. And, I mean, it was a great time to be watching Davion Warren. And also, it did give us a good look at the defense that would end up sticking, his ability to be a pest on the ball and get three steals in the opener and then two in the next three games. Like, he ended up having more steals in a four-game stretch than some guys end up having in their whole season. So for him to have that amount of success in the opening games, a lot of people were hyped about it. I felt like at the time we thought that it kind of was a sign that he could take on the lead ball handler role and sort of, even though Kevin McCuller still looked like the point guard, it looked like something where Warren could take on a lot of the scoring responsibility. And to a degree it was right, but at the same time, unfortunately that form just wouldn't quite continue over the rest of the year. One game where it did feel like all of those things that we got flashes of did click and show up against high-level competition was the game against Kansas State in Lubbock. Warren scored 23 points, a season high, had four boards, one assist, uh, shot 9 of 11 from the field, that's 82%, made all seven of his shots inside the arc, went 2 of 4 from deep, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, and maybe the most notable thing from that game, had four steals. He was everywhere defensively. And Texas Tech, that was their smallest margin of victory at home this season, uh, five points. And it's really difficult to imagine a world where they win that game without Davion Warren having the night that he did. He had one of the most incredible stretches I think I've seen from a tech player as of late in his ability to just hit contested mid-ranges in that game I mean he was for all intents and purposes an elite level one-on-one scorer in that one particular game and it was so it was so interesting to me because the whole rest of conference play really never sort of got unleashed like that like yeah he had a couple games where he would take eight or nine shots in conference play but it was never something where he was 
sort of tasked with just being the guy and having to create create shots and be the source of late late clock offense. And for whatever reason, in that Kansas State game, it was like something clicked. And he was the same guy that we saw at Hampton last year that averaged over 21 points a game. He was the guy that was used to playing on high usage. And for one, the efficiency in that game was absurd. Like being able to hit six mid-range shots, six of six, I believe most of them, if not all of them, were contested. And as a whole, he only took 11 shots to end up with 23 points. The steals, like you mentioned, were incredible. His ability to sort of just be a complete pest on the ball. I did a really good job on Nigel Pack in that game. I mean, that was the highlight Davion Warren game of the year. I think in a lot of cases, you can sort of point to multiple games for guys and say, well, like, there were some games where he showed this that was better than another game. Like, we just talked yesterday about Adonis Arms and his ability in the Mississippi State game, for instance, where he hit three threes and had seven assists, and then the Baylor game really showed his aggressiveness. The Kansas State game was Davion Warren just through and through. His max potential as a player, what he can do. I mean, it was a synopsis of just everything that was the best part parts of Davion Warren's game, whether it be the defensive end, the activity, the shot was looking good in that one, the aggressiveness was there. Everything you would want from Davion Warren was out on display in that Kansas State game. And it was crucial to tech for Tech getting that win in a stretch where they're kind of struggling through the season. Well, Davion Warren, we mentioned those first five games to open up the year, sure did find a way to start well. Unfortunately, as things wound down, he found himself uh, in a slump at the wrong time. You look at the numbers in November, far and away, his best splits as a Red Raider, and you look at his numbers in March, far and away, his worst numbers as a Red Raider. In seven games, 5.9 points per game, 2.4 turnovers, 1.4 assists, 3.1 rebounds, 66% from the free throw line, 20% from deep, and 36% from the field. His two lowest scoring games came against Duke, where he did not score the only time he did that as a Red Raider, and then scored just two points on one of eight shooting against Notre Dame. We've played What If a lot on this podcast the last couple of weeks, and I hate to be the devil's advocate and kind of, you know, carry a pessimistic tone, but it does kind of itch at you to think what happens if you get a Davion Warren, even if it's not November form, because that's obviously understandable when you're playing against teams as talented as Duke and Notre Dame. But what if you're just getting him uh, eight points per game, uh, you know, 40% from the field. It's just hard to to question what would have happened if we would have gotten kind of a refined and polished form of Davion Warren and not the the slump that we got in March. Yeah, I will say that's the one thing about Warren's game that's going to kind of stick out from the season is it wasn't the first time that he had that sort of stretch as well. I mean, not to that degree, but you had a four-game stretch in the middle of February where he had three or three or fewer points, three out of four games. And the efficiency wasn't really there in that stretch either. I mean, he had basically a stretch of games where he couldn't get involved in the offense at all. And unfortunately for him, down the stretch of the season, you saw largely the same thing. I mean, outside of the Montana State game, his last four games, three points against Kansas, two points against Notre Dame, zero points against Duke. And it's unfortunate. It really is because he came, he was coming off of his best stretch of the year coming into the month of March. I mean, obviously we mentioned the Kansas state game, which was the last day of February. Before that, he also had two really good games against Oklahoma and TCU. And it really felt like he was rounding into form. And then it just kind of fell off for him. And 
certainly I don't think that he was necessarily the most important factor for Tech this year, but if he had been more efficient and kind of found ways to not be in a slump, I feel like it would have made quite a bit of difference just because of how many minutes he played and because he was one of the few guys you could really rely on to be a high usage scorer and still sort of operate with some level of, of efficiency. We'll talk about Davion Warren's potential professional basketball opportunities coming up next, but first a quick word from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season at BetOnline. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Davion Warren, another one of these guys like Adonis Arms who uh, is just out of eligibility at this point, can't play another year at the collegiate level, um, and can go per- pursue professional basketball opportunities elsewhere. I don't believe he's officially entered the NBA draft yet. Um, I'm guessing he will because that just tends to be the next step that these guys will make. Um, but if he doesn't, I think it bodes well for him to make a lot of money overseas. Um, and I know that we kind of sound like a broken record at this point saying that about guys on this podcast. And like, I assure you, I am not just trying to be nice and say that these guys are good enough to play professional basketball. But that does really feel like the case with Davion Warren. I mean, you look at a guy, and this is an imperfect comp, but it but it's kind of the one that I have. You look at a guy like Keenan Evans and what he's able to do overseas and just the ability to get the ball to the basket, score on the outside, play good defense. I think that kind of archetype lines up well for Davion Warren overseas. I think that he's more than capable of being a guy who can do that um, and who can score at a high clip, be you know a top three option on a club overseas. I think that that's a very tangible next step for Davion Warren. In terms of the NBA draft, uh, you know, he's he's old. He's a super senior. Um, I think that his cold stretch in March probably hurt any chances that he had at getting drafted just because that's when all eyes are on you. There were a ton of scouts in the building for that Duke-Texas Tech game. And so that stings a little bit, you know. Um, but I think uh, the, the chances of Davion Warren getting drafted before that were, were pretty small. I think that he was creeping onto some late second round boards at, at points of the season. But yeah, I think that the professional basketball route for Davion Warren is very, very viable. And I think that if he does choose to go overseas and start his professional basketball career over there, he's got a really good chance to be an effective high usage scorer like he was at Hampton. Yeah, I'm going to be completely candid here, and I feel like it's something that I don't usually say, but in this case, it's pretty clear to me that Davion Warren this season did not really do much to help his NBA cause because he was on a little bit of a draft radar coming into the year. I think there were some guys more so on the grassroots side of things that were interested in Warren as a prospect, certainly. I mean, I had a couple people reaching out that I know from the NBA kind of community just sort of asking about what I thought about Tate and that sort of deal. And generally the consensus on him was if he could sort of showcase a bit more efficiency in a lower usage role. And if he had, if he showed some of the same skills that we saw flashes of at Hampton and certainly, I mean, you're never going to doubt his ability to play as a high usage player in 
a low major school. But if he could kind of translate that sum to the Texas Tech level, then he could find himself in the draftable range. And unfortunately for him, did not really happen. And I think that it's sort of closed a little bit of a door there. I mean, I would not be surprised if he puts his name in the draft, tries to kind of stick on the summer league roster, but certainly long-term, it looks like he's sort of going to be more, more inclined to go the route of the overseas sort of style. And just sort of like you mentioned, Keenan Evans, good, it's a good comparison somewhere where he can be sort of a main option and have the free reign to drive like he does and just be really good in the paint, knock down, knock down some shots, be a high usage player. And I feel like there's a lot of places throughout the world that he's going to get that opportunity because He's still a really high-level level player. He showed it at Hampton. He showed it at times at Texas Tech. And, I mean, again, it sounds cliche to say, like, oh, these guys can go make good money overseas. But these are all, all of the guys that Tech are, is losing this year or that we've talked about so far are guys that have proven themselves to be good Division One basketball players and have been either the best player on a college team or been a key rotation piece of a team that made it in far into the tournament and that holds weight and he's what and Warren specifically has a lot of the scoring ability that's going to be coveted I don't know if it's going to be coveted in the NBA and in those circles because he doesn't really have the versatility of a guy like Adonis Arms or like a Kevin McCullers so I, I think that the versatility there and sort of that he's hit so far it looks like his game is really more centered towards a high usage role is going to limit some of his NBA options but certainly I mean overseas I think he has a good opportunity to make good money and especially especially if he can continue the high usage rate and abilities that he showed at Hampton, I think it will go a long way. Davion Warren at his best has been Davion Warren when he's just gotten turned loose and been able to do kind of anything he wants on offense. And I feel like there would be multiple teams overseas that would be more than willing to let him do that. Or maybe, you know, there's a team that likes what he does on a lower usage role and wants to bring him in and kind of incorporate in, him into that. Maybe even a EuroLeague team, uh, which I think is probably the second best basketball league in the entire world. So I think it bodes well for Davion Warren. I think he's got a really good future. Um, and just I'm glad he chose to be a Red Raider. He was a really exciting player to watch. Got to just watch a ton of tape on some of the best on-ball defense that I've seen in a really long time. And so... Loved getting to to catch up on that and just see what he did as a Red Raider. Emery, any closing thoughts on number two, Davion Warren? At his peak, I think he was one of the most underrated players in the nation. I mean, someone that's as much of a pest on the ball as Warren was and could combine that with being a lethal usage scorer. I mean, that's something that you're going to want on every single team. And for Warren specifically, I feel like his the reins of this offense in the half court didn't really do him any favors. And it's just kind of an awkward fit as strange as that sounds. And obviously I think he's ended up being productive and being a key part of tech, but I do wonder if, if he had had the opportunity to be more of a primary ball handler, have higher usage. I don't know if it would have made the team better per se, but certainly I think it kind of would have maximized Warren's individual strengths a little bit more. And it's one of those things where you didn't hear a word about Warren complaining the entire year. And it speaks to his personality and his ability to kind of adapt his game. And I don't know if it was the cleanest adaptation. I don't think he's, really suited to play a little usage role just kind of the way he is as a player but I mean Davion Warren's exciting to watch I mean when he is on he can create shots for himself he can be lethal getting to the rim really good on ball defender and 
just someone that you want to be want to have on your team. And so I'm excited to see how he ends up going forward. I think that there's a lot of potential in this game. And certainly if he could get the shot just a little bit better, I think it opens up a lot of potentials for him. Certainly to thrive in that main usage guy overseas, whether in whatever league he ends up in. And we'll see. I mean, Warren's got a lot of potential. And I mean, he's another guy that you're talking about as going coming to Texas Tech wasn't necessarily as much of a success story as some transfers in the past, but a guy that fit in well, was part of the culture, really sort of improved his defensive reputation. I would argue ended up playing really good as a complimentary piece throughout parts of the season. Wish Davion Warren nothing but the best. Excited to continue to monitor his professional basketball career. Wherever he goes, um, a very easy player to root for, and obviously I'm excited to see him be a difference maker on whatever team is lucky enough to give him a roster spot. But thank you for tuning in to his player performance review. Uh, y'all, we are cranking these out, and it seems like y'all have been enjoying them, so thank you for tuning in. Uh, continue to let us know what you think, what you'd like to see. There's football coverage around the corner, I promise you. Y'all went crazy on the spring football video, and so we'll have more football coverage coming to you soon. In the meantime, Keep up with us on Twitter. You can follow me at LBK. You can follow Emory at Eraser41. And you can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter page at Locked On TTU. Be sure that you have subscribed to our feeds wherever you get podcasts and that you are subscribed to our channel on YouTube. In the meantime, thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Have a good weekend. We will see you on Monday.